At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with architectural photographer David Yao. David is based in Singapore, and he initially studied to become an architect. While he was working as an architect, he decided that he wanted to become a full-time architectural photographer. That was a really interesting career transition from him. And now, with 10 years of experience in architectural photography, David takes stunning photographs confidently. We talk about his introduction to photography, what it was like to transition from one career to another, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, David. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. My name is David Yao. I live in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and I specialize in architectural and interior photography. And this is my 10th year uh, in this photography journey. That's exciting. Your 10th year? Wow, that's a lot of experience. (laughs) Well, I'm still learning as well, but yeah, it has been quite a while since I've moved back. I used to be in Australia. 
where I did architecture and I decided to move back to Malaysia just to focus on photography. Oh, and what was that like to move from Australia to Malaysia? I mean, as a photographer? Uh, it was quite a big change because when I moved to Australia to study and to work, uh, I was there for 10 years and the intention was to eventually settle down in Australia itself. But wanting to change careers, uh, I decided to move back to Malaysia to try and see what opportunities I would have here. So having to pack up 10 years of, of you know, living in Australia was a very big step. Uh, having to, to change into a career where I had no idea how to you know, start it off as a job was quite a scary move as well. But yeah, I'm glad I did it. And 10 years later, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing now. It's very exciting and very scary indeed. Two big changes. And speaking of career changes, you initially studied to become an architect. And then when you were working for a company, they gave you a few projects to photograph. And then when you started photographing them, you realized that you wanted to become a full-time architectural photographer. What an amazing story. What was that transition like for you? It was quite natural because I actually started photography when I started architectural studies as well. So photography was a sort of skill that I sort of crafted and honed uh, while I was studying in architecture. It helped set a set of skills with my architectural work, in particular with rendering for 3D perspectives. So when I used to do renders for projects, uh, it helped that I understood you know, the camera, the lenses, and how you would get certain views to portray your projects. So when I transitioned into working full-time in the firm, that also helped me with the design uh, teams so that I could uh, help craft the views for renders for, for clients to see how you would portray a project. And then when I was asked to actually photograph projects for them, it sort of was a full circle back into transitioning from a render into actual photography. So it was quite a natural transition over for me. Very interesting. And it's so great that you were able to use your skills as an architect and you're still able to use them when working with clients and it makes your life easier. But for architectural photographers who don't have that background in architecture, how important is it for them to study architecture? Is it really important or do they not need to do anything in order to be successful? It's not essential because I do know of architectural photographers who never had architectural backgrounds, but they do take wonderful photos of spaces as well. To me, it helps in my journey of photography because it, it definitely allows me to speak to the clients and discuss the projects and what best um, to, to try and portray their projects um, to, to the media. Because it allows me to also understand what you would want to showcase for a space, what's important, what makes the space special, or what makes a project special, how you would want to capture it in the best lights, in the best view. So it does help to have an architectural background in architectural photography. Uh, it's not um, a must-have to be able to pursue this career. That makes sense. And you just said that when you work with clients, you have to collaborate with them in a sense. You have to have these important conversations. That's a part of the planning process for a photo shoot, right? Yes, correct. So it's not just going to a building and photographing it. You have to understand what the client wants to express through the pictures. What else goes into that process of preparing? So um, discussion is definitely uh, uh, the first step for me because I wanted to actually understand 
what's important to the client for that particular project because they would have a very particular view of how they want to showcase this project what's the hero shot that they would want and um, that's very similar to how we achieve views in, in renderings um, so for me what would sell the project as, a, as an image what helps dictate the space you know how you would describe the space of its usage in terms of photos and then also planning the weather and the time of day as well to photograph it because for most of my projects that i photograph they're all based in southeast asia and sun path is definitely a very important aspect that we need to, to take into account for most of the southeast asian countries we live on the equator and the sun actually moves over the north or south unlike countries which have the sun towards the south most of the time or towards the north most of the time. So planning for weather, sun, uh, and time of day is definitely an important aspect as well. For interiors as well, there's also things that I have to take into account of when businesses are open or when businesses are busy with people, especially for restaurants and retail. Because I can't photograph the space when there's too many people. It's, it doesn't sh photograph well. It doesn't showcase the space as, as well. And, um, so for me, it's always working with the clients to know, so do I come in before the business is open? Do I shoot it after the business closes so that I can showcase the space as clean as possible with minimal amount of people to have a, a human aspect to it as well? And to also see whether we can photograph the space before uh, it's actually handed over to a client or um, whether it's actually in operation already and then having to work around that operating hours. Fascinating. You have to take a lot into account. It's a very responsible job, I think. And you're responsible for most of that planning, right? I mean, of course, the client gives you maybe an idea of how everything works, but you have to take initiative there as a photographer, right? Yes. Having 10 years of uh, experience definitely helps understand things that uh, issues that might arise from, from shoots, because I've, I've definitely gone through a few, <laughs> few incidences where uh, I find out what I had in mind of uh, how to photograph a space doesn't work and I would need additional planning to to compensate for that in the future for any other uh, projects that I, I have. So uh, yeah, I definitely do prompt clients, uh, new clients in particular, of things that need to be planned and things that need to be prepared for projects to be photographed. That's great. And mistakes like that or obstacles like that, they are there to teach you a lesson and to help you get stronger as a photographer in terms of skills and so I think it's something that a lot of photographers can learn from because if you are if you come very well prepared to a shoot then the client will respect you even more and maybe they'll want to work with you again so how you present yourself is super important I think and that really shows in your work yes that's, that's correct you said that you have to work in different kinds of lighting conditions and you have to be very aware of weather conditions as well when shooting in some of your interior photographs specifically, I noticed uh, some artificial lights, the everyday lights like lamps, maybe kitchen lights. I know that's quite difficult to work with, especially because it's not professional studio lighting for photographers. What tips do you have for people working with artificial light in general? I tend to not to use um, any artificial lighting um, when I'm photographing a space, but when I do have to have certain lamps or lights turned on, I try and make sure that I photograph one particular view with multiple exposures. So all my shots are generally shot on tripods. So that would allow me to compensate for the natural lighting for the space, but to also shoot darker exposure to make sure that any lights that are turned on, uh, they don't 
overblow the shot, I can actually come back in the lamps or lights so that it actually looks natural to the eye, which is quite hard to capture on, on a single shot in, on camera. Because the dy dynamic range for cameras are, are definitely not the same as what the eye would see. So it definitely takes quite a fair bit of work to compensate for that. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Because of my limited architectural photography experience, I thought that you needed just one shot to get that result. I would love to, <laughs> to be able to do that. I think most photographers would be glad if they, most cameras could do that as well. But yes, unfortunately, I haven't found a way to do a one-shot wonder. But for me, the, the workflow definitely is through multiple exposures for most of the scenes. Exterior shots are generally fine, whereby you don't have different uh, levels of lighting. Um, but it's most of the interior spaces that definitely require multiple exposures. It's good that photographers have that option, though. And for multiple exposures, I think a lot of cameras already have that feature where you can take at least three photographs in one go. And if you have a tripod, that makes things much easier as well. And you said that you yourself use a tripod for most of your shots. Is there any other special non-camera related equipment that you use to make your photo shoots easier? For interiors, I generally have multiple setups for tripods. So that allows me to actually have a camera on a large tripod, a small tripod, and a little stand so that I could put, it, put the camera on a shelf or on any space that doesn't allow a traditional tripod setup. Having wireless live views as well. So having the uh, setup whereby I can actually see what the camera uh, view is through an iPad allows me to also shoot in tight spaces where I would need the depth of the room but not having to be able to stand behind the camera to, to actually operate it. That's great advice. Yeah, if you can see your camera screen without being behind your camera all the time, that can be a great alternative, as you said, working in tight spaces. And yeah, I've never thought about this before. As an architectural photographer, sometimes you have to work in a very tight space, depending on what the client needs. You have to adjust to different sizes of rooms. Yeah, because I, uh, I don't like shooting tight spaces with a very wide lens because of the, the distortions. And I understand that the trap of trying to capture everything within one shot is, you know, bringing it as wide as possible uh, on the lens. But it does it gives it a very false sense of the space and sometimes it just looks artificial. So I, I try and get as much depth as possible for most of my views and having the camera set up right just in front of the wall just so I can get a more natural shot of the space. So everything is very well thought through. You have to be very aware of different details as you shoot, before you shoot. There's a lot to balance, but it's uh, the life of an architectural photographer, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. 
you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. And what camera equipment do you use? I'm currently using the Nikon D850, uh, and I have two lenses as my main uh, lenses as well. I'm using a 14 to 24 lens and a 24 to 70 lens as well. So that allows me wide range to capture uh, the wide shots, capture the mid-range shots, and to capture any details as well for, for spaces. Zoom lenses are very versatile, especially in this genre. And I think they can help you take so many different kinds of photographs. Uh, as I was looking through your portfolio, and I read uh, one of your interviews in which they featured some of your photographs as well, it's different spaces and they all look unique in their own way. And it's clear that you use different kinds of equipment. But instead of having to yes. switch all the time, it helps a lot to just have one or a couple that can help you do the job quickly. That's great. Yeah, so yeah. I, and again, that, that stems from having the render experience whereby you know understanding that you need to to showcase a project in different views you know having the hero shot which is usually quite wide and having mid-range shots to show uh, different spaces uh, as big nets and having a very tight lens as well to show particular details of the space so i mean from that experience of working in renders and then transitioning back back into physical photography uh, that sort of helped educate me which lenses that I will need uh, to shoot as well. But I'm also actually changing my cameras over because Nikon D850 is a DSLR and not getting young, any younger as well. <laughs> so I, I actually did want to transition over to mirrorless cameras to, to allow me to have a lighter setup. Um, so I'm actually moving over to Sony's right now. Interesting. And why did you pick Sony specifically? I had a few friends who had Sony mirrorless cameras and comparing the quality of images that they could get from their camera and then from my camera. I was like, yeah, I think it's time for me to change. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been using Nikon for, for almost 18 years now. And I loved the Nikons when I was uh, exploring photography and I loved it when I was working as well. But moving over to mirrorless cameras, Nikon definitely is playing catch up to some of the other brands. And you know, having Sony being one of the four leaders in, in mirrorless cameras, I thought it was time to you know, explore a different camera setup. So the Sony Alpha uh, has been quite exciting to me. So I'm actually getting the Sony Alpha 7R5. It's one of the latest new cameras, which has an inbuilt stabilizer on the camera itself. So that would give me an advantage if I have to shoot handheld in the rare occasions that I do need to do that. And Hopefully, I can get better shots <laughs> with that. I'm sure you'll get even better shots. And yeah, having a lighter camera is definitely very beneficial. And if you also have these extra features like image stabilization, then you will probably feel less stressed during your shoots and you'll have more options as a photographer. Yeah, because I, I I do struggle sometimes with thinking that the shot is, is sharp and clear on, on the offhand that I need to shoot uh, handheld. 
and then seeing the shot in post not being as sharp as I would like it to be can be a bit uh, frustrating. So I'm quite excited to see what Sony Alphas will, will bring um, in terms of better image qualities for me. Yeah, I'm very excited about that as well. Mirrorless cameras are changing the game and it's nice to see the photography world moving in a new direction and to see how that direction affects the quality of images and the quality of photographers' lives. Yeah. <laughs> Which of your projects has been the most challenging to photograph so far and why? And one of the most challenging and, and rewarding um, projects was uh, the YTL headquarters in Malaysia, because um, that was photographed when the, the pandemic was still going on. So it was a little bit challenging trying to, to organize the shoots and moving about when there were lockdowns. You know, so the tower is quite a, a it's about 45 stories tall, situated within downtown Kuala Lumpur, and there's not a lot of breathing space in front uh, and around the building. So having to shoot a very tall tower with uh, very short uh, frontages and having to shoot quite a lot of spaces where there's a lot of pandemic. There's a lot of red tape for pandemic uh, um, lockdowns, whereby there's tapes, there's signages, there's uh, people in masks and all. Was It wasn't the most photogenic shot of the camera. So definitely had to do quite a lot of post-processing as well for that project. But yeah, um, it was one of the best shots that I ever did. And I was quite happy with that project. Yeah, I think when a project is difficult to work on in the moment, it might be frustrating and stressful. But then if you're happy with the results, then it's absolutely worth it. And yes. speaking of post-processing, are there any specific editing programs that you would recommend to architectural photographers? I'm quite a weird one whereby I actually use Adobe Bridge. Um, I don't use Lightroom because <laughs> that was what I, I used to work with in architecture. Uh, and then I do do my final edits in Photoshop. Yeah, it's quite a weird setup that most photographers would use Lightroom first and then Photoshop. So I, I was never, I, I never really understood why both of these programs under Adobe would be doing the same thing. But yeah, I, I, tend, I tend to do most of my final post-processing in Photoshop itself. Yeah, I think it's important to find something that works for you and it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing, to be honest. If it works for you, it works <laughs> for you. Yeah. When you first got into photography as a full-time architectural photographer, how did you start to look for clients and what advice would you give to people who are looking for clients in this industry? I was quite lucky that when I decided to do photography, a friend of mine recommended me to a magazine um, when they uh, were looking for photographers in Asia. Uh, this was for Condé Nast Traveller China. And the period that was moving back to Malaysia was when they were launching their first issue and they were looking for photographers. So I was very, very lucky to have them as a client and that they were happy enough with the photos that I could achieve for them, that I was a, a long-time contributor um, to them for a few years. And along the way as well, having friends from the architectural uh, industry sort of have small projects that they, they would want to photograph and they were willing to give me a try, that allowed me to build that portfolio of projects that I could actually own my skills, learn from mistakes, and also start to, to build a, a name in architectural, architectural photography. That's amazing. I'm happy that you had people who were able to introduce you to certain companies or they themselves, your friends, were able to give you opportunities to improve your work. I think building a portfolio as a beginner is super important. And 
I guess it seems like common sense, but that initial foundation can make a very big difference to your future as a photographer. So working with the right people and build, you know, trying to diversify your skills is really important. Yes. For me, I also was, I was quite clear in knowing that I needed to also have the right kind of clients uh, to represent in terms of the photos that I photographed. So I did do cold calls to particular designers that I admired their work to know, to, to try and sort of collect in a certain sense, these clients as key valuable projects so that I, I would have interesting, good design projects to showcase in my portfolio of work as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really smart approach. Every photographer who specializes in a specific genre has their own way of working. Uh, and maybe you have certain techniques that you use or certainly of thinking about this genre that people outside of the genre don't really know. So what is something that you wish every photographer knew about architectural photography? Architectural photography can be both spontaneous and require a lot of planning. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all in terms of the approach to photography. So there definitely be moments where there's no amount of planning would allow you to to achieve a particular shot and it's, it's how prepared you are to actually photograph a moment in space um, but there are also shots whereby you really need to, to have planned quite well to be able to make sure that you have the right moment to actually capture a particular space it seems like architectural photographers need to be flexible, but also need to be very organized. That's my takeaway. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it can be a very exciting genre for people who are like that or who are interested in improving their skills in that area. Because if you like being spontaneous and if you like planning shoots at the same time, that can be a great opportunity for you to to build a different portfolio, to meet different kinds of clients. And yeah, it's a, it's a very exciting world. Thank you for sharing information about it. I'm learning a lot. I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I would love to publish a book. I mean, that's always a, a dream to be able to have an interesting collection of photos to publish. It's It's always a little bit hard for me in terms of my clientele whereby yes it would be great to, to publish a set of photos for a particular client but in terms of personal achievements or personal photographs I, I still have not really found something that i'm passionate about to make a collection of so i'm, I'm on I'm, i've got a few ideas i just need to, to get on that <laughs> that's really interesting and makes sense because you have work for clients and designers and companies, but then you have your own personal work, your own passions, and those are two separate entities. So that's a balance that people need to strike in the photography world. They need to work for clients if they're full-time photographers, and they also need to do things that satisfy their creativity and their souls. And so that's interesting. And I really hope that you find a subject that works well for you and that allows you to create a book of your own. I think having a physical book in your hands as a photographer is a, a huge achievement for sure. Thank you for being on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on architectural photography. I really hope that you are able to publish a photography book one day, maybe multiple books. 
and I wish you the very best with your photography journey. Thank you. Thank you, Taya, for taking your time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something new about architectural photography today. It's a very interesting genre with many different possibilities, so if that's something that you enjoy, then you should definitely look into it. If you have any questions for David, or if you just want to share your thoughts on these episodes with us, we would love to hear from you. There's a link to our online community in the description. Share your work, receive constructive criticism, and so much more. See you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.